Democrats keep pushing that message of unity without being too unifying. Communists hate religion. And let's do stupid on Friday. Let's do the stupid on a Friday. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics on a Friday. Yay, yay, yay. Friday works really fun. It's so much fun. Yay. So let's go into the first story. Uh, President Barack Obama has decided he's going to blame Fox News and conservative conservative radio host Rush Limbaugh on Tuesday for losing the connection, and I put that in air quotes, he claims he had with conservatives before he was president. Obama said in a virtual gala, I ended up, quote, I ended up getting enormous support in these pretty conservative, rural, largely white communities when I was senator, and that success was repeated when I ran for president in the first race in Iowa. By my second year in office, I'm not sure if I could make the same connection, because now those same people are filtering me through Fox News and Rush Limbaugh, and an entire right-wing or conservative media infrastructure, entire? Okay. Uh, that was characterizing me in a way that suggested I looked down on those folks and had nothing in common with them. Okay. <laughs> First off, uh, a couple of things. Um, no, people didn't dislike Barack Obama because he was being filtered through Rush Limbaugh and Fox News. They didn't like his policies. They didn't like the fact that in the first two months he went out throughout the world, globetrotting the world and apologizing for the United States being the United States. And what does he mean by entire right-wing or conservative media? What exactly? He just named the right-wing conservative media in the two, in Rush Limbaugh and Fox News. And I'd even go so far as to say um, Fox News isn't even that conservative. And then here's another fact. He was one of the most divisive presidents in U.S. history. Black-white relations today is far worse than it was when Barack Obama took over. Anytime anyone questions any of his policies, he would scream that he's a racist. He was one of the people that said, he said that conservatives want to cling to their guns or religion. He demonized police at every turn. During the Michael Brown shooting, Obama did not cool the temperature in St. Louis at all. He just kept saying, well, cops are racist and this is how we need to deal with things. That blacks have to deal with violence on a day-in, day-out basis. He said that Trevon Martin could be his own son. The uh, same Trevon Martin that was shot by a Hispanic man that people called a white Hispanic for whatever reason. Because he was being assaulted. Now, don't get me, George Zimmerman's not exactly a genius or anything, but I mean, he was getting beaten up pretty good. And as far as Michael Brown, Michael Brown was a criminal. He was just a thug. And Barack Obama was basically saying, hey, this is the stuff we have to live through before any evidence was actually shown. For example, not that uh, the police officer had his orbital uh, bone broken or that Michael Brown had just had a um, a strong arm robbery 15 minutes before he was shot, or that he attacked a cop and tried to take his gun away, but that, you know, Michael Brown, blacks have to live like this. Obama never negotiated with Republicans during his tenure. 
He either pushed his policies through executive order, and this man had more executive orders than any other president, or those midnight votes by the Democratic Congress while the Republicans were gone. This happened with the Affordable Care Act. That was basically snuck in and made a law in the middle of the night. But what is annoying is he never takes responsibility for his words or his actions. He never does. He he sits back, it's always someone else's fault. It's always because that other, that's someone else, whether it be Fox News uh, or um, Rush Limbaugh. It's because they're racist, bigoted, homophobe, sexist confer- conservatives. I mean, he did this through his entire presidency. It isn't him that is divisive. It's everybody else who doesn't believe in him or his policies. And as he was president, it got worse and worse. Now, what he'll forget is that, you know, he was president for two terms, for eight years. Now, he lost the House. He lost the Senate. He he didn't do exactly great. But, I mean, he was president for two terms. So I'm not exactly sure where racism comes into play. But he ignores that. Um, he also ignores what his own supporters and party is saying about conservatives and Trump supporters. He says that we cannot actually have a conversation with conservatives. Well, no, you can't. Uh, let's give you this as an example that came out this week. Let's listen to the rambling threats from Democratic state representative uh, from Michigan, Cynthia Jones. Let's just see if this is kind of the unifying message. And mind you, this is being said over and over and over again, and Barack Obama says absolutely nothing about it. This is just a warning to you Trumpers. Be careful. Walk lightly. We ain't playing with you. Enough of the shenanigans. Enough is enough. And for those of you who are soldiers, you know how to do it. Do it right. Be in order. Make them pay. Now, I'm no, you know, translator or anything, but that pretty much sounds like a threat, doesn't it? And the fact is, no one, no one. I would have thought, Jesus, Gretchen Whitmer would have said something. Somebody would have said something. But all that happened was they removed that statement from YouTube. It's getting very hard to find that statement anywhere because they're trying to hide it because this is violent stuff. This is serious stuff. It makes Democrats look nasty. And it's a direct threat. Well, here's the thing that I have to say about that. Bring it on, bitch. I'm I'm good with it. You know, one of those little those little queer boy uh Antifa guys want to come up here. Come come right up. We'll have no problem. We'll take care of that. See, this is the problem. We are really becoming separated as a country right now. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. Rush Limbaugh in a um commentary on Thursday, mentioned that there may be no other way for Americans to deal with things except secession. And he was lambasted for this. I'm just not quite clear as when you hear something from this broad, 
this uh, Cynthia Jones. And you hear that and you think to yourself, well, yeah, there's, there's no way we're going to be on, e- on equal terms here. There's no way. This is, this is the reason why guns uh, sales have gone up uh, something like 500%. Because people are threatened and people are not going to put up with this shit anymore. They're tired of it. That's Cynthia Jones. She should have lost her job. She should have been pulled from... But that's the leftist view. The leftists all think like that. You think AOC, Rashida Tlaib, um, uh, and all of the squad, Ilhan Omar, think anything different? Do you think Bernie Sanders thinks anything different? No. There is not going to be unity until that cancer is actually stripped out of our system. Everyone talks about systemic racism and crap like that. The problem in our politics today is the hate, the threats, the violence has become systemic and it is systemic to the left. Remember, when a leftist sits back and says, this is the problem, like Eric Swalwell this week with with uh, Trump is a, a pansy for the uh, Russians. Remember, it's probably the left that is doing that. In this case, Swalwell was actually stooping a uh, uh, a Chinese spy. By the way, we can officially say it. He was stooping the Chinese spy. So, um, I don't know where these guys are coming from. I, I don't know what they're thinking. But, okay. But this is, but that's just one part. We're being threatened. But here's when the threats actually begin to materialize, like we're seeing against religion. That's the other story. Democratic mayor, uh, Democratic New York City mayor Bill de Blasio has warned an ultra-Orthodox synagogue in Brooklyn on Tuesday that he will shut them down once and for all if they continue to flout his lockdown orders. During a Tuesday press conference, de Blasio was asked about a large indoor funeral that was held Monday by the congregation Yetev Lev de Setamar. I'm sure I didn't pronounce that correctly. I apologize. A prominent synagogue in Williamsburg that uh, was also recently fined $15,000 for secretly conducting a large indoor wedding. de Blasio uh, commented to the Gothamist in an interview... Quote, if we see another confirmed situation in which inappropriate, uh, an inappropriate event is happening in the same building, then we're going to have to move to shut down the building once and for all. That would be the next step if we see non-compliance. I do think there's an ideological factor that makes things a lot harder. Basically, he's blaming religions for being a religion. That's essentially what he's doing. De Blasio has pissed on churches and synagogues since the pandemic started. By the way, do you know what religious institutions still aren't closed? Mosques. He hasn't closed mosques. He wants to close those evil Jews and those evil Christians. He wants to make them so they can't go. He tweeted back in April when the pandemic started, and this is when you saw there was going to be an assault on religion. Quote, my message to the Jewish community and all communities is this simple. The time for warnings has passed. I have instructed the NYPD to proceed immediately to summons or even arrest those who gather in large groups. This is about stopping the disease and saving lives, period. End quote. 
de Blasio has always been a communist and he's always hated religion. Heck, he hates religion. Now, mind you, if you are a criminal, he'll release you from jail right away. But, hey, if you're a religious and you decide to go to church, especially the Jews, the Jews are are really attacked here. Christians are too, but Jews more so. He will bring the hammer down on you and you will see prison time so quick you won't even know what's going on. His city has the highest levels of anti-Semitism of any city in the country. He is using this pandemic to get rid of religion, to get rid of churches, to close them down once and for all. But he's not the only one. This is happening in Illinois, Michigan, Virginia, and California. Listen to uh, Virginia Democratic Governor Ralph Northam. Uh, Mr. Blackface Ralph Northam. Mr. You Should Be Able to Kill a Baby After a Botched Abortion and It's Born Alive Ralph Northam. He also had some comments about uh, church services this week. Listen to this. Now I'd like to take a moment to talk about our faith communities. This is a holy time for multiple faith traditions. Tonight, as a matter of fact, is the first night of Hanukkah. Christmas is two weeks away. The holidays are typically times of joy and community. We gather together, we celebrate our faith, and we celebrate with family. But this year, we need to think about what is truly the most important thing. Is it the worship or the building? For me, God is wherever you are. You don't have to sit in the church pew for God to hear your prayers. So I strongly call on our faith leaders to lead the way and set an example for their members. Worship with a mask on is still worship. Worship outside or worship online is still worship. You know what amazes me is you can tell that this guy actually doesn't worship at all. He's full of shit. Do you know why? Because going to church, actually worshiping in a church or worshiping in a synagogue, it's not all about praying to God. It's about a community. It's about people getting together with the same values, the same traditions, the same beliefs, and celebrating together. Praying to God as a group, as a community supporting each other churches in in synagogues temples are actual actual communities they help each other out if someone needs food the community will make sure that person has food if they're missing money the community will help a lot of healthcare today is handled by religious communities that actually put into kind of a a bin and they will help each other. Right now, more than ever, religion, that religious community that Jews and Christians and Catholics have is needed more than ever because as we're stuck in this places, as we're stuck in our homes, as we can't go anywhere during the weekends, um, we need to know there's 
there's hope out there. And that's what religious communities do. That's what Bill de Blasio doesn't get. That's what Ralph Northam doesn't get. So when they sit back and say, same with Joe Biden. Joe Biden, who's been hiding in his basement for the last six months. That's what these guys don't get. That's why when they sit there and tell me they're religious, you're not religious. You guys don't know what religious is. It's about even when I go to a church that I really am relatively new in, I still feel a part of the community. It doesn't make any difference. There's no hatred. There's no anger. It's we are all one. And I just don't understand. But you can't do this. This is the problem with communism. You can't have religion. You can't have something above and beyond the federal government. And guess what's above and beyond the federal government? God. Faith. Community. These go beyond the federal government. But a communist... Like Bill de Blasio and Ralph Northam. Ralph Northam's a communist. He's a far lefty. He's crazy. But these... I mean, to sit back and and lecture... This is a guy who believes in killing kids once they're born. Because of of a botched abortion. You're going to lecture religious people on how we should be celebrating our religion praying or getting together that seems kind of that seems kind of heavy to me seems like something I'm not probably going to listen to and I won't and we're going to talk about this because religion is going to get because Biden is now um, a candidate uh, probably going to be president of the United States Biden's anti-religion he can say he's Catholic I mean you have you have bishops that won't give him communion because of his stance on, he says he's a Catholic, his stance on um, abortion. And he shouldn't get, he should be excommunicated. But because his policies are actually supporting murder. But to have these idiots actually sit back and lecture us on religion? Get the frick out of here. Take a long walk off a short pier and hopefully there'll be a shark or barracuda or two to take care of you. Uh, This is one of the areas where there is no unity. Yeah, Black Lives Matter openly admits they're they're anti-religion. Black Lives Matter on their website admits they're anti-religion. And a lot of their other talking points are anti-Christian, anti-Jew. Hell, a lot of them are anti-Muslim. But that's what they want to push, and that's what we need to do, and if we don't do it, they're going to fight. Like that broad said. Well, I got news for you. For religion, for community, for family, yeah, I'll fight. I have no problem with it. And I'll continue. And so will most of the country. Now, I I love doing this. I love to talk about the stupid. And there is some pretty serious stupid out there this week. (laughs) Um, the first one comes from Time Magazine, which has always been a rather far-left magazine. They're not exactly, um, <laughs> they're not exactly pro-Trump or pro-conservative. They used to be pretty good. I used to read them when I was a kid, but they've just gotten far worse. 
they decided to name Democrats Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as their person of the year this year. Time released a statement said, quote, the person of the year is not an award, it's a marker. It's a history as it's written, whether good or bad. Okay, so basically the history is what? A guy who's been in a guy who's been in Congress, a senator for 47 years and was also the vice president got elected to president and Kamala Harris who was a failed presidential candidate who is also corrupt as all sin I mean she blew her way into politics let's call it what it is no one brings this up they never will what marker did they actually set off well some people were actually understandably upset that they got this um, because they thought, okay, wait a minute, we came up with a, we came up with a vaccine in less than a year. And a lot of people are thinking our healthcare workers should have gotten it. Big Pharma should have gotten it. Even Donald Trump should have probably gotten it before they did. So here are some comments, and there are a ton of them, I'm not going to go all, over all of them, but... Writer Kyle Smith said, Wow, the media are so ready for the Harris era. Hire a food taster, Uncle Joe. They're already done with you. That's absolutely true. Commentator Pat Condell said, Ha ha, on the credibility scale, this is right up there with Obama's phony peace prize. Time Magazine is a laughingstock. Now, yeah, uh, Barack Obama, at least it's not a Nobel Peace Prize like Obama won. But let's give Obama some credit. Obama didn't actually know why he got it. He openly admitted, I, I don't know why I got this. So I'll give Obama some credit there. Journalist Curtis Houck said, Time doesn't care about you, the people. It's all about them. It's all about their circles in D.C., L.A., and New York. It's all partisanship for them, cloaked in unity and equality. They have nothing but venom for the people who aren't Democrats or on the side of the mob. It's true. I mean, let's not forget, President Trump has never been person of the year on any magazine. We're going to get into that in a second. Columnist Eli Lake said, I get that the magazine is trying to seem hip and appeal to Zoomers and millennial, but this is such an obvious pandering, and I'm assuming to the Democratic Party. And finally, economist Brian Riedel said, With all due respect, Biden spent so much of the year in a basement and won what was a referendum on the other guy. Harris was even less visible as a VP nominee after badly losing the primary. It clearly should have been the healthcare workers or those working on a COVID vaccine. This is absolutely true and it's absolutely typical. I mean, it, it's the same crap when Obama ended up with the Nobel Peace Prize. So let's take a look at some things Trump has done and has never. He's been nominated for Nobel Prize, which is great. He should have gotten it. He's never been on the cover of Time Magazine. Uh, it, well, he's been on the cover billions of times of Time Magazine, but never for a positive analysis or never for something positive. He's inked four Middle East peace deals. That's twice the number that have been inked in the last 60 years. His unemployment for all groups and ages was 
the lowest it's been since the 1960s. He got rid of ISIS, which was a problem caused by Barack Obama and Joe Biden. Was the only modern president not involved in a war in four years. Lowered tensions with North Korea. Korea killed two terrorists that had been known to kill American soldiers. Pushed the COVID vaccine faster than any vaccine in history. We had a vaccine in nine months. Nine months. Meanwhile, because he he got it, it, the Operation Warp Speed, which was a Trump idea, and ending regulations. Even now, the vaccines haven't been 100% approved by the FDA simply because regulations. But Trump got a vaccine, created three vaccines, created in less than a year. The average time for a vaccine is five years. Not, I'm sorry, not the average. It's, it's five years, typically. Um, he lowered taxes. Not on the rich. This is what the Democrats want you to know. On everybody. And don't you listen to Joe Biden and his bullshit. He's going to revoke. He says, oh, well, I'm only going to raise taxes on those that make $400,000 or more. Not true. If he actually removes the uh, Trump tax plan, he will be raising taxes on everybody. He put China on notice, started a trade war, and until Biden started winning, actually um, actually was winning the trade war with China. He was bringing manufacturing jobs back to the United States. He implemented the USMCA, the New Deal that replaced that crappy NAFTA. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think the USMCA was that much better than NAFTA. As a matter of fact, I think it gave more to American uh, American uh, unions than it did anything else. So it wasn't fantastic, but it was a lot better than it was. He created Space War- Force and increased military spending, making us the strongest country in the world. He put Iran on notice. Iran had to actually back up. He has been the person of the year for the last four years. But no one cares anything about it. And yeah, I won't lie. I'm a little bitter about it. Okay, the next stupid story is, this is why actors don't make policy. Actor Chris Rock believes that Joe Biden would do the world a favor if he created a Supreme Court of Science to decide matters related to public health and the environment. This intellectual giant said, I would quote, I would hope that Biden institutes some scientific department like the Supreme Court of Science, just for the lack of a better name, that would be in charge of anything medical or environmental. Basically, I would hope that the government instills a mechanism so that there, there's ever anything environmental or medical, the mechanism would take over, thus eliminating politics out of a life-and-death situation. Now, here, here's the problem with this. Okay, the government sucks at absolutely everything. The government didn't invent the three vaccines. It was the private sector that invented the, the three vaccines. The only thing that a Supreme Court of Science is going to do is stick regulations and actually hogtie people 
that actually know how to do things and actually know how to research science. We don't need a government entity determining what is scientific and what is not scientific because it just ends up being partisan. So, for example, he says the environment. Well, a lot of people, like me, do believe in climate change, but we don't believe that climate change is like the sole factor that the world's going to end in 10 years. We don't believe that. But meanwhile, Joe Biden creates this commission on science. It's his partisan hacks that are going to determine, no, this is science. And they're going to force it down. Our, I mean, it's the same science that um, Joe Biden says that a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man. And therefore, men who decide that they're women can compete against women in women's sports. That's science? So I'm going to, have, I'm going to let Joe Biden create a Supreme Court of Science or whatever. I know it's a name and things, but we're going to let Joe Biden create that? It just sounds like another partisan group. Like the EPA. So uh, Chris Rock continues. He says, because we didn't experience a pandemic. You know, Donald Trump did this thing. Like when security companies build new locks or security systems, they hire crooks to show you the weakness of the system. Well, Donald Trump showed us the weakness of our government. Now it's up to Joe Biden and Congress and the Senate to get rid of those weaknesses, to instill safeguards, and that that actually protect us from the unqualified madmen and mad women, so that we never have to be at the mercy of a person that does not exhibit empathy and competence. Yeah, that's it again. Trump messed it up. I mean, he held the virus down to 10% of the deaths compared to the estimates of several uh, people out there, including Tony Fauci, where they said there would be 2 million deaths this year. There have been just under 300,000 deaths this year. You've got Joe Biden, who is sitting back and saying, oh, um, uh, we're going to have 250,000 deaths this month. That's what he said. And he said that more than once. Meanwhile, the death rate in the United States is actually going down. Uh, he's talking about science. He doesn't even know the science. He doesn't know the statistics. Donald Trump, who closed the borders before any other country closed the borders, and he was called a xenophobe for it. Donald Trump, who had a vaccine created within nine months compared to five years that it usually takes a vaccine. Donald Trump, who was looking for therapy, who through the public private sector, by the way, was looking for therapeutics to be able to cure people who actually caught this disease. I have a 90-year-old, uh, my or I'm sorry, Josie has a 90-year-old grandfather who caught COVID, was put in the hospital, was given oxygen, and those therapeutics saved his life. He's now at home. He doesn't have a COVID problem. He had to stay in the hospital for five days. No respirator, no ventilator. When talking about um, Joe Biden, Chris Rock said, I don't know. When Biden won, I wasn't jumping for joy. I was like Tom Hanks in Castaway. I just wanted to hug Helen Hunt. You know, he's not jumping for joy when he sees the ship. He's just like, where's Helen Hunt, man? I've been eating coconuts for years. Can I just effing hold Helen Hunt? How do I feel? I mean, I'm kind of optimistic. Just, I just hope 
that all that's happened, that this whole year was not in vain, and that people and the government doesn't just go back to business as usual. That's what he said. I Bad English, but... Now, I want you to notice something about actors, and this is why actors... And this is one part of why actors are not embraced, and another part will be after his next saying. Notice how actors always compare things to movies and other actors? That's because they have no concept of reality. They're so busy acting all the time. They sit back and they live in their pampered little world, and they forget there is real life out there. Or they just don't know what real life is. They may have known what real life is when they started their careers, but they're so far gone from that. They just have no idea, and they have nothing nothing substantial that we can even understand. I loved uh, Castaway. Don't get me wrong, but I don't compare Castaway to anything in my life or anything that's happening. I don't compare any movie to my life or anything that's happening because movies are fake. They're not real. Uh, finally, he cemented this thought with this next statement. Like, basically, first off, don't ever say like so much. This is something that drives me crazy with Josie. She says like. I know she's in a good mood. That's why I never bring it up. But, like, basically, there's a 911 every day. 3,000 people died in 9-11. Somehow we got the Department of Homeland Security, and no one questioned that. But now we have a situation where, whatever, 300,000, a half million people are going to die, right? So what I hope is that we do something. First off, 911 was a terrorist attack. We seem to kind of forget that. The virus is a contagion that developed naturally, supposedly. I believe it did. I don't believe the Chinese concocted this thing. I just believe they were looking at it and it got out. There's no correlation between 9-11 and the pandemic. None. And we have done something. We've developed a vaccine and therapeutics to counter the infection. We have done something. The government succeeded. Where the government succeeded was getting out of the way of Big Pharma so Big Pharma could find vaccines, and we found three of them. And do we know how the vaccines were being were successful? The Chinese and the Russians tried to steal them. It's completely amazing what we've done. And it wasn't the government that did it. What the government did was, let's get the hell out of the way and let private industry save us. And private industry did. All this talk about Trump being a fascist, well... He just proved during this epidemic, or this pandemic, he's not a fascist. He believes in our private sector. He believes our private sector would actually uh, create a vaccine. And all he did was remove regulation and fund them to find the vaccine and stayed completely out of it. But this again, this is shows how actors just have no clue as to what's going on. 9-11? You're comparing 9-11 to a pandemic. Really, they have nothing to do with each other. And if you want to blame 9-11, blame Bill Clinton, because Bill Clinton could have killed Osama bin Laden two years, three years before 9-11. So yeah, that was a political problem, but that was a government failure. In this case, 
the government got out of the way and promoted success. Finally, he finishes off with um, looking at his daughters and how he had to deal with his daughters while he was locked away. Quote, you know, with this pandemic, it's like, what are you going to do with this free time? I wanted to make the most of free of the free time. And I just want I just thought working on me would be the best use of it, especially having teenage daughters. Anybody that has teenagers will tell you you're going to lose them at some point. It's going to be hard at some point. So you know, I went through some stuff with my kids and you learn it's not about just lashing out. It's about looking in. Wow, that's freaking deep. Uh let's see. People are losing their jobs. People are losing their businesses. People are losing their homes. There's domestic violence is up a couple hundred percent. Drug use is up a couple hundred percent. Crime is up almost 500 percent. And suicides are up a couple hundred percent. How tone deaf do you have to be? Chris Rock or any other actor hasn't gone through any of this crap where they have to worry about where they're going to get their food. Heck, Chris Rock doesn't even have to worry about working because if because the movie industry has not been shut down because they are considered movie and entertainment industry. They are considered essential workers. What kind of load of BS is this? Just a very tone-deaf statement that people on the left take as gospel. Just dumb. Really dumb. Okay, the last dumb thing, and I know I'm running a little late, but we're going to do this one too. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know if I... I have much to say about this. Um, I haven't watched the Olympics in probably since my 30s. <coughs> may have been the last time I saw the Olympics because they're just so... They've gotten so bad. They're commercial... Um, the people actually are, uh, the, the athletes are actually professional athletes now. I mean, when professional hockey players and professional basketball players started, there was something special about the 1980 U.S. Olympic team where all these guys were college students or they were working folks. And the Russians, the Soviet Union that they beat, were all professional hockey players. I mean, the Soviet used to, Union used to come to the United States and play the NHL teams and they would beat them four out of five times. Four out of five games. This was a professional team. And it was so exciting to watch in 1980. To watch a bunch of kids who had no experience. I think only one or two guys ended up in the NHL for any... I think it's only one guy that ended up in the NHL for any extended period of time. Everyone was maybe touched the NHL but weren't good enough to play in the NHL. This was a team. So, but now they give me another reason not to want to watch the Olympics. Uh, this is from Daily Wire. Seeking to attract younger viewers for the international games. Ratings have flagged, uh, flagged of late. The International Olympic Committee, IOC, on Monday announced that breakdancing has been added to the sport as a sport for 2024 games being held in Paris. In a statement, the IOC stated, 
The WDSF could not be prouder to have breaking included breaking included in Paris 2024, and we think we thank everyone who helped make it possible. The executive board of the IOC, the Paris 2024 organizers, the WDSF staff, and most importantly, the breaking community itself. Uh, it, it was true. It was a true team effort to get this moment. And we will redouble our efforts in the lead-up to the Olympic Games to make sure that breaking competition at the Paris 2024 will be unforgettable. <sighs> really? Well, first off, let's, let's make something very clear. I, I, I think any sport where you judge something isn't a sport. I don't. I do not think sports where judges are used. I did not like boxing. In the Olympics, because it was judged. I didn't like uh, gymnastics, figure skating. I didn't, don't like the pipe, uh, snowboarding, half-pipe competition. Because these are all judged. And judges is not, it's not like sprinting where the guy who runs the fastest wins, right? You're sitting there and you're depending on judges to make decisions. Boxing in the Olympics has actually changed quite a bit in that now they actually measure the number of punches that's, that a boxer will take or that a boxer gives. And that determines whether it's a win. I think it's a better way of doing it. I mean, truly, boxing should be the first person that gets knocked down is over. I mean, that's, that's what boxing was meant to be. That's the boxing of Abraham Lincoln and those guys. But breakdancing? I mean, that's up there with ballroom dancing. Ballroom dancing is a sport. But meanwhile, you know what they get rid of? You know what they get rid of? They get rid of baseball. Why? Because Americans win. They get rid of softball. You know why? Because Americans win. They were talking about getting rid of volleyball. You know why? Because Americans win. Any sport that actually is a sport, they'll get rid of. But they'll keep crap like ballroom dancing. I'm sorry, gymnastics is a crap sport. It's not a sport. That doesn't mean the people aren't athletic. But it's not a sport. And same with, um, same with uh, uh, ballroom dancing? Dressage? Please, spare me. Um, freaking, uh, uh, now it's break dancing? And by the way, when did break dancing become a thing again. I remember breakdancing in the 80s and it was big in the 80s. I don't remember it being anything lately. I don't know. It's just, it's it's so stupid. Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can follow me on Parlor, the Twitter counterpart at uh, at um, at uh, Dumbasses Talking Politics. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and view all of my links, audio, video, and graphics. And also take a look at some of my show notes. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>